welcome to Pointy Vista, episode 76. It's me, Andrew. Uh, I'm here with Ben. Hey. And Theo. Hey. Hey, going? I'm good. Um, no Lucy today. She's doing something on Hawaii. Probably like, um, probably like spearfishing an endangered yeah. manatee or something. Hang hmm. 10. Hanging 10. Running into dolphins with a surfboard, giving them concussions. I feel like it's kind of in our interest to never actually learn what her day-to-day life is like over there. Or, or in general. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know which island she's on. I don't know if she's in a city. I, I know absolutely nothing. The island of Hawaii. Could be in a hut. Could be in a hut. We just don't know. And we're never going to know. We're not going to ask. Don't don't know. Don't want to know. No. All right, folks. Episode 76. Hmm. On don't that ask, note. Don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> oh, don't call the episode that, please. <laughs> <laughs> strong, strong contender. We'll see how it pans out, Ben. Mm. <laughs> now... If you'll recall, which you will only be able to do if you listen to the previous episode. But and if you, you recall have. the previous episode, if not, um, you can pause this show and go listen to that one first. Sure, it'll make listening to this episode take two hours, but... Now, we're talking, are we what talking else are you doing? bonus or main? Main. Because we don't want them to go back and listen to the bonus if it's the main app, but we still do want them to listen to the bonus. You know yeah, what? This so is three a perfect hours out time, of your time for us to discuss the numbering system of the episodes. Let's really hash this out. <laughs> All right. So, is there a numbering system? Because I forget at this point. Okay. So, here's, here's how it works. The main episodes yeah. are sequentially numbered mm. in... Mm-hmm. Starting in, at zero in, in increasing, or one? Increasing intervals from one. Right? Okay. All right. Increasing by a volume of one episode each time. Mm. Um, the bonus episodes, I feel like maybe I, I well, they were initially numbered, um, but because we didn't start doing them until however many weeks into the show, they were out of step with the main episodes, mm. right? Um, and then at some point, I just decided I was going to stop numbering them. Now, all of them are just called bonus episode. But when I put them up on Patreon, the file name um, is, is just this week's number bonus episode. So at some point, they started technically being numbered again, but it bears no relevance to any of the bonus episodes that came before. Fantastic. So there you go, folks. Um, so basically, if you if we require you to listen to a specific bonus episode other than the last week's, um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be it's going to be hard for everyone. So the only real answer to that is to listen to every single one of them. Patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. Off you go. You you need to listen to every single bonus and main episode before you can really get the context of this episode. And while you're doing that, we'll try and hash out whether we can come up with some sort of system like the cyclone naming. Um, we'll give it... <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Start that's to good. assign them. Uh, Episode Sandy. Yeah. That's, that's right. It's, a, it's by letter, uh, yep. and it alternates from men to women for female to male names. Is that the cyclone system? Well. Uh, I think so. I think, that's, I think that's right, isn't it? Sure. I believe I, so. 
In the interest of not going any further with this bit, sure. Uh, well, I mean, I think <laughs> well, well, we simply need a two-thirds majority. Theo, are you happy to explore the cyclone naming I, I'm I'm on board. Um, oh, I think, like I think majority, Lucy yeah. is an abstain, <laughs> which leaves Andrew. I'm um, sorry. Which is, can we get a, a vote from you? A uh, formal vote, please. Formal vote. Um, well, I believe as captain of the podcast, uh-huh. oh, counts as, counts as vote. five votes. Two-thirds. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I didn't really listen to what Andrew said, but uh-huh. uh, in the North Atlantic Ocean, uh, <laughs> there are yep. six lists of names, and they rotate every six years. They go from the letters A to W, skipping Q and U, and they alternate between male and female names. Mm-hmm. What's the best um, man's name on the list that you got there? Oh, that's a you know what? That's a wonderful question. Hmm, let's uh, let's spend some time on that. Let's spend a lot of time on it. I'm <laughs> thinking, I like Umberto. Umberto. Gonzalo. Ooh. That's yeah, a good nice. one. Uh, Philippe. Hurricane Gonzalo. So that's yeah, pretty good. good. Yeah. Good. Um, and I believe from what I can see here is that the Pacific uses a similar system uh, where it's alternating male and female names. So well, there we go. We've learned something all, new every day. We've all learned something. Oh, I'll tell you what, the list of Australian cyclone names, some interesting names there. There's a Wallace. Shazza. I wouldn't run from a cyclone, Wallace. If someone said Wallace is coming to destroy your house, I would say not likely. No. Harold, cyclone Harold. Well, what? Harry. Harry's coming around. <laughs> Cyclone Hazard. <laughs> Be worried about Cyclone Harry. Cyclone, Cyclone Fletcher. pulls off your roof Good and Lord. just eats all your Werther's originals. <laughs> oh, Bruce. There's a Bruce on oh, the list. Cyclone Bruce. That's what I call my bloody dad. Because he now, has um, bipolar disorder and his name is Bruce. So, <laughs> in the interest of uh, representation... Oh, it's just for Ben. Any good ladies' names? Uh, oof. let's have a look. Iggy? Iggy? The Iggy. Names. Oh, we had a cyclone Iggy, didn't we? Hmm. Wait, no, I'm thinking of, um... Iggy Azalea? <laughs> that wasn't there. Oh, I feel like we've just had some other funny ones. Hmm. Blanche? Blanche. Cyclone, cyclone Blanche. Blanche. Cyclone Patty. Well, see, that's, that's just not that threatening, is it? I've heard a thing about how, uh... People are less likely to flee or, you know, to what take... a mild a- sounding. Well, no, if it's a, if it's a lady's name, hmm. that they are more likely to take it serious if it's a, if it's a male, male name on the hmm. tropical storm. Well, that's just toxic masculinity right there. You're certainly right. Hmm. Folks, should we get a can check? Yeah. What's going on? You're drinking some soup, Ben. Uh, no, I finished my soup, <laughs> despite the fact that... So I went to be like, hey, a couple more minutes, please. I'm eating soup. And before I could hit it, you were like, I am shitting right now. Yeah. <laughs> ruined my meal completely. Really? Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh. No, it was still quite good. I put MSG in this soup, like just straight up MSG. Nice. Never mm. done that before. Oof. Tasty. Great stuff. So I, um, I am drinking a beer now, though. Uh, a, a delicious Robo Hop. IPA from uh, a little brewing company known as Kaiju. Hmm. Hmm. And where was the vomit coming from, Ben? The vomit was coming from my butthole. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. 
What about you, Theo? Um, I'm empty. I um, oh. got, I was too engrossed um, solving the mystery of the black egg on my Sony Nintendo Switch um, <laughs> that I forgot to get a beer. <sighs> oh dear! And, um, Isn't it like uh, the the things they use as one of the metrics for any form of addiction is if it starts to interfere with your regular day to day activities? Like it's, it, you don't want your addiction of video yeah. gaming to interfere well, with your I don't addiction really have of drinking. Time to look that up to confirm. Um, it's because you know, I'm pretty close to the end. Still but once I'm finished Hollow Knight, <laughs> I'll, I'll check on that. For sure, and, no, and probably enough. finish my dinner at that point too. Which is now getting cold because I forgot to eat it. Cause oh my fucking god! It it's is fine. Really no, no, I'm, I'm living a fine life. I'm yeah. look. I'm happy. I'm healthy. It's 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 fine. Just ignore all the other stuff. <sighs> Andrew, what are you drinking? Please don't <laughs> give a really sad answer. <laughs> my um, my lovely wife bought me a six pack of uh, Guinness Hop House Lager. Huh. It's, it's got a big Come 13 on. on the front, and I do not know if or how that factors into the name. I don't know if it's like Hop House Lager it's, 13. It's the official beer of MS-13. MS-13, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and look, it's, it's, it's a perfectly fine lager. Good on you, Guinness. First crack at making beer, I guess. And um, <laughs> You done all right? Probably. It says here they're from Dublin. Pro- first, first crack... Ireland's had it making a beer. Good on you guys. Interesting take. Wonder if they so, know James Joyce. Well, I'm not going to look any further into that. Sure. So <laughs> last week, young company. Sorry, last week we were discussing the Victorian state election, the thorough pantsing that the Liberal Party received. Um, opposition leader Matthew Guy, not Guy Matthews, as I comically misspoke last week. Uh, Matthew Guy has now stepped down as opposition leader and said that he will not recontest the leadership. He hasn't just quit altogether in shame and gone to live like in the Alps as a hermit like he fucking should. Mm. Um, no, he's taking the brave of position is. of continuing to get a paycheck uh, for as long as uh, that money keeps rolling in, I assume. Yeah, he's just re- he's resuming like the state-based Tony Abbott role. Just, you know, ab- absolute failure, complete demolition of your political career, total failure on every front to execute on the culmination of your life's work. Now, just going to kind of hang out. Yeah, but if you need, like, support for anything, if you want to know where, like, something is in, like, the the document management system or something like that, you know, I'll just be around for a little while if you'd like... Yep. need any of my out. old emails yeah, he, or whatever. He knows where, know where the, the staples uh, the are. You know where the staples are? are? He knows the passwords to some of the accounts. Hmm. And he's not giving them up. Um, so, so yes, thorough, thorough drubbing. And a thing that has been very funny to witness over the course of the following week is the reaction from sort of different corners of the right-wing commentariat. Uh, some of it has been similar echoes of the Wentworth by-election, where they, um, they turfed Malcolm Turnbull from the party... He left, they had a by-election, got destroyed with like a 17% swing. And um, like Chris Kenny was on Sky News saying, Oh, this is a massive repudiation of Malcolm Turnbull. Which, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that he could even manage to get to that place from there. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure he was doing the same thing with this. There was a lot of like, um, oh, oh, everyone's mad at Malcolm Turnbull for leaving and being thrown out by his own party. Um, lots of ridiculous stuff. So we thought we would bring you a little recap of the most ridiculous explanations for why the Liberal Party got absolutely trashed at the election. And they all kind of amount to the same thing. Um, not bigoted enough. Yeah. Not enough of a shit. They're like, you know what? People didn't like that you were a shit. Have you thought of being more of a shit? That is the approach that we should take. Did you think about turning the racism dial up? So let's open with um, a friend of the show, Miranda Devine. Are we are we all blocked on Twitter by Miranda Devine? No, I don't think I am yet. I, I'm not, but I think. Oh wait, I'm, no, I'm not blocked by Miranda Devine. I'm blocked by Rita Panahi. Yeah, I think we're all blocked by her. I think I I am probably muted by Miranda Devine because I have replied, "Were you drunk when you wrote this?" to hundreds of her columns. <laughs> um, so now Miranda Devine has an interesting take here, um, keeping in mind that what people seem to like about Daniel Andrews and his government is that they actually do like spending on infrastructure and they have like big ambitious projects for the future of the state. Um, the state is the best performing economically in the country. Um, they actually have a whole bunch of progressive stuff on the slate and that has been rewarded very thoroughly by the electorate, especially in contrast with the, the Liberals, where the only stuff that they were willing to offer was, we will cut a bunch of services and put more children in jail. Um, also, we'll make it okay to bully trans kids again. <laughs> it's, it's, also, it's also worth noting that, like, Victoria's not some, like, um, tiny haven of, you know, left-wing thought. There's, like, 25% of the people in Australia live in Victoria, Right, like as far as a bellwether goes for Australia, I mean, there's definitely worse and more racist states than Victoria, but you know, it's it's a big place, and um, to ignore what's going on there is is idiocy. But with that said, um, what have you got for us, Andrew? Well, uh, here's Miranda's take. Allow me to read to you from Miranda Devine's column. This is how you lose an election. <laughs> Matthew Guy's poor showing in the Victorian election can be encapsulated in a single exchange with Premier Daniel Andrews in the Sky News leaders' debate last week. The opposition leader's cowardice in answering a question about safe schools is a salutary lesson for conservative leaders, state and federal, about what not to do on social issues. The question came from a middle-aged woman in the audience which was drawn from the marginal suburban Melbourne seat of Frankston. Frankston. Uh, she says to Daniel Andrews, In your campaign ads, you project a wholesome, traditional lifestyle, wanting the best for all children, yet you also want to force controversial ideals far removed from that lifestyle on all children through safe schools. Will you please make it a non-compulsory, um, opt-in, opt-out program and let parents choose what they consider best for their children? Andrews resorted to dishonest denial. First, he claimed, quote, a lot of misinformation is being put around. Then he created his own misinformation. I love the uh, criticism of misinformation about the Safe Schools campaign coming from fucking Miranda Devine. Mm. 
He said, Safe Schools is not taught to any student in any school in this state. It's a resource for teachers to make sure that if a child is bullied for wearing a turban or a child or young person is bullied because of their sexuality or a person is bullied because of the faith they practice or a person is bullied because of their gender, then they have a safe environment. End quote. But he knows Safe Schools is only about changing children's perceptions of sexuality and gender identity. It does not address any other reason for bullying. Not turbans, faith, or anything else. It's good to know the things Miranda thinks you should be bullied for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Safe Schools is a resource for teachers, including classroom exercises to teach children that gender and sexuality are fluid. (gasps) can be changed at will according to fashion and feelings without regard for biology. Dun, God dun, damn. Dun. These people are just so fucking scared of everything. Oh, yeah. It must be exhausting. I love, uh, like, she keeps harping on this throughout the piece, but um, the gender and sexuality are fluid can be changed at will. This, to me, seems to be the, the like, singular aspect of Literally just the phrase, gender fluidity. That's the thing they've latched on to, hey? Yeah, like- or, or the concept that gender is fluid. And they all, you know, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before. They, they all seem to do this incredibly willfully um, dishonest interpretation of it to mean like, oh, if I wanted to, I could switch my gender 40 times a day. And if you could... Who cares? Fine, fucking go Who on. Who cares? With it. Yeah. Like, like yes, even even um even starting from the position of like if that was what people are actually doing, who gives a fuck? But also they're not like very clear what people are talking about is it is just the gender and sexuality are on a spectrum. Yeah. It is that you can be you know, super cishet all the way in one direction. You can be non-binary. You can be asexual. Um, but no, they choose to interpret this as, oh, children think that if, <laughs> like, according to fashion. Oh yeah, well, you know, every everybody looks at like um everybody looks at trans kids and thinks it's so cool to be trans and there's no negative outcomes in your life there's no like uh, potential for being bullied or excluded or say having a columnist harp on at you every day of their fucking life forever um yes yes as if it is just a thing people go oh I better pretend to be trans now well also like you know, a bit earlier on, she's saying, you know, and it teaches them, you know, that this is this sort of stuff is what's acceptable. And it's like, well, no, if you just say <laughs> like, the same yep. thing, like without the spooky voice, yeah, this right, sort of like, thing is acceptable. Oh, 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 where'd that come from? Um, like, you can just half of this stuff you can just say without the sarcasm, and it ends up just being fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm just I'm reading this and I just love how scared she is by the whole thing. Safe schools architect, former Latrobe academic Roz Ward has been recorded boasting about teaching the safe schools exercise transgender experiences to a primary school class. 
it asks students to explain to genderless aliens what it means to be male or female as a way of casting doubt on the concept of binary gender. Exercises for year 7 and year 8 students include role-playing gay teenagers and learning terms such as pansexual, agender, and non-binary. Right. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um... Parents Kids in our schools are being taught that they saw mummy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Is this normal? Is this normal? This is the future you want for your children. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Parents are alarmed, which is why conservative political candidate Kira Lee Smith, a.k.a. massive bigoted psychopath Kira Lee Smith, um, she, isn't she like the only other... What, whatever Cory Bernardi's Conservative Australia party is, Australian Conservatives, whatever the fuck it's called, she's like the only other candidate in that, and she's like massive, um, massive uh, Islamophobe and just, oh, cool. just big time nutter. Um, she has launched a grassroots campaign, binary. Grassroots, my fucking ass. Yeah, I love to be a- astroturfed by rich bigots. Yeah, it's it's just marriage alliance changing their name. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to what? The, was it the bi organized? Bi- binary. Binary. Because you can only be one or the other. Um, so they've launched a grassroots campaign, Binary, to stop children being taught gender ideology. Her first project is to demand the removal from libraries across Australia of a picture book for children aged three. Who are you? The kids' guides at gender identity. Dun, dun, dun. Just as a, just as a stupid anecdote, right? Sure. My, my three-year-old daughter refers to herself as a boy all the time. I say... Hey, babe, you a boy or a girl? She goes, I'm a boy. And I go, all right. Like, <laughs> yeah. She, and like, Elna and I have both gone, how long, how long does Maeve insist she's a boy before we go? I wonder if this is a thing. And I was mm. like, I don't know, as long as, like, I, I guess fr- from our perspective of her as a three-year-old, until it has any material effect on anything because right now she's three who gives a fuck like and I don't mean that in a way of like I don't care about her like self self perception or security in her identity or anything like that it doesn't really factor into her day at all yeah yeah yeah, she's fucking no material uh, effect on anything yeah it's not affecting what's on a driver's license you know like which they also (laughs) don't put on your driver's (laughs) license yeah yeah like like I, I just this whole idea of it's the same as people who like freak out about letting boys play wearing dresses and doing dress ups and shit or having nail polish on or whatever and it's like well it's, that's, that's it's, the bit that I don't get right that we go well you know they'll go well you know sex is well, you know they conflate gender and sex and you know sex is binary it's one thing or the other and you know boys have a penis and girls have a vagina and then boys also wear suits and girls <laughs> wear dresses boys it's play right with gi there, joes it's right there in their dna like 
Like, Look, just it's right like, there in the DNA that they will have Hasbro products marketed to them. That's right. <laughs> they, they will like the color blue, even though blue used to be a girl's color and pink used to be a boy's color, right? Like, Ooh, Maeve's favorite color is blue. That's how we know she's a boy. Fuck. Um, but yeah, um, like, it, it just... It just makes no fucking difference to anything. Like, it's it's the same all the way from people who insist on, like, dressing their kids up in, in clothes that say, like, Daddy's Little Princess. And oh, I mean, that shit is creepy as hell. It's, uh, like, yeah. that shit's already creepy, and I, I'm assuming shirts that say, Tough Cunt for boys. But, uh, <laughs> but like... And, like Future gel. intimate partner violence doer. <laughs> oh, like... When people gel their kids' hair and shit, like, I just, it's its already weird enough at that age. And then going all the way up to, like, um, like all the, all the fucking weird shit people post where it's, like, a picture of, um, they post, like, a photo of, of them, you know, their, their daughter going to their, like, junior prom or whatever and they're holding a shotgun and they're like I'll fucking fucking kill this 16 year old kid if he touches my daughter's tits don't you have sex with my daughter while I'm not watching yeah all of that sort of shit and it's like how how do you not get that you are the one just like absolutely blasting sexuality onto your like minor child. Oh, yeah. that was the one of the worst <laughs> combinations of words I've ever heard in my life. Well, it's what it is. It, you're holding a shotgun, <laughs> just just bucketing your sexual oh, projection. Jesus Christ. Yep. And it's fucking weird. It's so weird. Like I said, I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and one of them cares about this shit. One of them doesn't, and it makes no difference to either of their lives. Yeah. I am far more weirded out by my five-year-old daughter who, like, is... <laughs> in is, general. <laughs> just no, how she, weirded you out by, uh, by your kids. Yeah, I wake up in the night and she's sitting at the end of the bed staring at me, <laughs> singing, One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Catch her at um, all hours posting on Whirlpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just deviant behaviour. Hmm. <laughs> Look up the old, yeah. like such a terrifying thing. It would just be like, oh, hey, what you, you doing? You're playing computer. You see that blue background. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, my God. What, what was open on that tab? I woke up Were at you six. asking whether it's legal to kill your tenants? <laughs> <laughs> I, I woke up at 6 a.m. Like, land, uh, tenants complaining about asbestos removal with bare hands? Question mark. <laughs> but, yeah, like, like so, so my five-year-old daughter has been, like, picking up on all these things from, like, kids' movies and stuff where, like, characters are in love and shit and has started, like, doing extremely exaggerated, like, like googly love eyes and and going, oh, like, like, we were watching some show and there was, like, a fucking adult man on TV and my daughter starts going, oh, he's so beautiful. I want to marry him. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you are making me very uncomfortable. And like, I I just feel like the default position for a parent should be like, it, it, it far more makes me uncomfortable to have a five-year-old child talking about like gender roles and marriage and being in love and wanting to kiss and shit. 
than it does like a, a five-year-old boy like wearing a dress and going, I'm a character from a popular show. Mm. You know? One should be far weirder to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I beat my children. I don't think that's true. I don't know. That no, just doesn't sound correct. True. It's not true. And hey, if you're listening out there, don't beat your children. Wow. Even yeah, I think that's something we can all agree on. Uh, can we pass that as an official motion of the show? Um, yes, and I tell you what, I'm going to even extend it to even if they're being really annoying. Even, even if they're if being they, complete mm, shit. Even if they will not stop talking, both of them at once, making you feel like you are losing your mind. What should you do in that situation? Um, you look up from your phone long enough to say, Jesus Christ, <laughs> just... <laughs> Just stop. I'm trying to tweet here. Hey, Daddy's got a post. Daddy's got a post. How long till kids can start posting? Like until their bodies developed enough to post. 25. (laughs) Ideally, no posting. No posting. No posting ever. I think we might... I don't know. These... We... Every... We as a society might be done with posting by the time your kids are teens. Like, um, we just all get together and make a law that says no more posts. No posts. We're no posts we're- unless you go through, like, a, a very um, significant um, post training and safety. Um, mm. You need a post license. You need a post license and then license to post. you need a, a um, computer safe. Um, for placing your computer in uh, when you're not posting so that your kids can't get to it. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. So, look, folks. It's time to get back to exactly what uh, Matthew Guy said in this debate. When asked about the hideous scourge of children not not feeling like they should kill themselves for their sexuality... Parents are alarmed, which is why a conservative political candidate, Kiralee Smith, is a great big nutter, doing awful shit. Back in the debate, Daniel Andrews had just told a whopper. Now was Guy's chance. Instead, he wimped out. He had a decent policy to spruik, a a broad-based anti-bullying program developed by the Alana and Madeline Foundation. Whatever the fuck that is. But he would not explain, despite pressure from compare David Spears, why safe schools should be scrapped. He just said, quote, it's a completely different program run by a completely different body. What would it not include? Spears asked. Visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> guy, guy shut his eyes and squibbed the question a total of 14 times. Spears, gender identity like would not be covered just in your program? There with his eyes closed and just shaking no, his head. No, turning. no, no. <laughs> oh, Please don't ask me again. Um... No, uh, so David Spears says gender identity would not be covered in your program? Guy looked panicked. No, no, no. The Alana and Madeline Foundation helps students who have those issues, and they should be helped if they have those issues, absolutely. By this stage, Andrews could smell blood. If it's so bad, you're getting rid of it. Tell us why. Guy was too gutless to say that the state should not impose gender ideology on our children behind our backs. Oh, yeah, the fucking, like, three-year-long debate over this thing. Has totally been happening behind everybody's back, so... And, and like, that we're um, apparently imposing gender ideology 
by um, saying it, it's okay to be your gender? Like, as well, opposed to not imposing, like, just male and female? Well, um, what I, what I like about this is it's David Spears again. So Theo and I um, were, Theo and I did a bonus episode a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about this interview that was on Sky News. It's so wonderful. Between um, David Spears and a, I think it was the candidate for Frankston. It was the candidate for Frankston. And he was talking about um, an energy policy of the, of the Liberals and just, it was just this absolute train wreck of an interview and the reason the whole thing was a, a massive train wreck was because David Spears just asked him several times, so what's different about what you're doing? And he just could not answer a question in in a way that was not him just saying, oh, it's ideology, you see. Like, he just, he just could not come up with any kind of plausible explanation why they were saying they had to do the thing that they wanted to do other than, well, we've spent several years really whipping people up about this and now we can't support a reasonable thing. And this seems to be exactly what's happening here, which is that Matthew Guy is being asked directly by both Daniel Andrews and David Spears, if it's so bad that you're getting rid of it, tell us why. I mean, Miranda Devine cast this as, you know, Daniel Andrews smelling blood. But if we just look at this question in context, if it's so bad that you're going to get rid of it, tell us why. Does that seem like, a, you know, a particularly crafty question to anybody? <laughs> like, does, yeah, does it seem like something where he's, he's expertly backed him into a corner somehow? Or has he just said... You're the one saying you want to you want to get rid of this thing. Just explain to the people. Yeah, just, just totally what's to go undone with this? by. Like, why do you hold this opinion? Mode of questioning that's just. But why? <laughs> and they just like lose their minds. Well, and and also it's come from like multiple angles. So they've had David Spears say, "What would it not include as a different program?" And Matthew Guy says, "Oh, it would cover all the same things." Um, Daniel Andrews said if you're getting rid of it tell us why you're getting rid of it and he said Um, Miranda says the original questioner tried again the part about safe schools which you know and don't beat around the bush with it is the whole gender fluid section of the program that the children are being being encouraged now that they can be a boy one day or a girl the next again almost certain that's not what the deal is Andrew shook his head. With the greatest of respect, that's simply not accurate. That is not being taught in primary schools. She had never mentioned primary schools. But in any case, primary school students in Victoria are taught that gender is fluid. Then Andrew cynically pulled out the suicide card. (laughs) Oh yeah, I hate it when somebody says that they don't want adolescents to commit suicide. Virtue signaling cuck. Mm. Andrew said, same-sex attracted adolescents are six times more likely to commit suicide. If making sure that teachers know how to combat homophobia in schools is unpopular, well, that's my position. What a, what a monster. <laughs> Am I right? Well, well so what's the, what's the response to that? 
uh, from Miranda is, what a hero. Half the room applauded. Guy tried another diversion. Right. But so, so, there's no material kind of response to oh, that. No, no. Like, I, th- I think we can safely say from Miranda Play, Devine's... Plays the card. Like, so, this is one of my favourite, like... Plays the suicide card. Yeah, it's one of my favourite tools in the, in the like, conservative, um, you know, toolbar. No, to, toolbar, but it's like... <laughs> in Chrome's conservative toolbar. I know, where, I know toolbar. tools are kept, all right? Like, it's just, <laughs> Don't question me any further on where tools are and aren't. Um, that it's like bringing up a fact is playing a card. Yeah. Right? Like it's, a, it's this revolutionary rhetorical trick of saying a thing that's true. Yeah. Bringing up a fact is playing a card and saying something like, um, I don't want I don't want trans teens to kill themselves or I don't want unarmed black men to be shot by the police is virtue signaling, you know? Like want, Wanting to do a thing about anything um, is virtue signaling or... Having any kind of position that is grounded in any form of moral standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, Guy tried another diversion. The greatest level of bullying kids face nowadays is cyberbullying. <laughs> <laughs> Under his breath, Andrews needled him. Uh, time to talk to some more gay kids, Matthew. Guy shut his eyes. No, no. If there's children who have issues around sexuality or gender, we will protect them 100%. Andrews went in for the kill. If the program's so bad that he needs, needs to be got rid of, but he can't tell us why. Guy wimped out for the 14th time. I love the idea of, like, um... Miranda Devine watching this hundreds of times like there's a Pruder tape, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There it is, the 14th denial. Guy wimped out for the 14th time. The Alana and Madeline Foundation have different ways of dealing with it. Safe is safe, said Andrews, looking like the cat who swallowed the canary. That thing we all know what it is. Oh, yeah. Well, we've all seen a lot of cats swallow canaries in our time, haven't we? I remember when I first saw a cat swallow a canary. You never forget your first one, do you? No, still no. comically floating in the air. Back in the summer of 1992, I was young. I had never seen a cat swallow a canary. Little did I know I would see it hundreds more times throughout my life. All right, mate, no need to brag. And become very, very familiar with the look on the face of a cat who has just committed such an act. In my experience, what they usually do is uh, clamp their paws over their mouth oh, yeah. and their eyes dart from side to side as the canary tries to escape. Mm. Um, yes, and you know the cat's really got to be in the right place at the right time. Otherwise, they, they're very likely to be walloped over the head with an umbrella by the old lady who owns that <laughs> yellow canary. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want that. (laughs) Says, Guy showed that A, he's a wimp. B, he was unprepared for an obvious question he should have blitzed. And C, he doesn't deserve to be trusted with government. In the end, the audience scored Andrews the winner, 49 to 33. Safe Schools doesn't explain the Victorian Liberals' failure to hold a cynical government to account. But it does illustrate a profound problem for the conservative side of politics. If you don't engage with the culture wars, you are complicit and the electorate will view that as a betrayal. 
and mm. is that what article. happened? I it's it's very interesting. Like the the end of that paragraph points to a very particular problem that the conservative uh, commentariat is having, which is that um, well, number one. The idea that Miranda Devine thinks that conservatives are not engaged in culture wars. Yeah, that's that's enough. a weirdly telling thing. That it's it's they literally the only thing that they are engaged with. Yeah, uh, like they the, genuinely believe it's important as well. This like weird idea that the voters like please more culture war don't actually address our needs. The, well, the the. Like, really, the only stuff that Morrison will touch, Prime Minister Morrison will touch with, like, a 10-foot barge pole is just, like, the uh, like the stuff he was posting the other day about, like, oh, I invited all these Muslim leaders to meet with me and say that terrorism's bad, and they told me to go fuck myself, which must mean that they are pro-terrorism. Like... This, this the only kind of shit he will do is grandstanding about culture war issues. He will not actually engage with the substance of anything. And that goes for all of them. It goes for fucking Tony Abbott and just all these conservatives. And then at the end there where she's saying the electorate will view that as a betrayal. This is a common thread with a number of these pieces. Is the idea that the electorate was angry at... The conservatives for being insufficiently conservative, so to punish them, they voted for a very yeah. progressive government? This is the bit that really puzzles me. It just makes no <laughs> sense. Not, not even would... slightly. No, I mean, you can you can blame a um, like a um, centre-left government going right and then not getting, you know, voted in, like the Hillary, Hillary Clinton kind of thing, where... Um, you know, you, you go further and further to the right because you think, well, everyone on the left's going to vote for me anyway, so I may as well just try and wrap up some of these, you know, Republican voters. And it just never happens, right? Like, that, that never occurs. But the concept that you are not right enough for people on the right so that they go and vote for, yeah, like you said, like the most progressive Labour government in in the country is just mind-boggling. Like, where how do you... How do you like square that circle? It, and I've never seen anyone adequately try and try and do it. They just all of these pieces just state that and then just move on. Or oh, that's like the piece de resistance, and they just do not go into any kind of rationalization whatsoever. Well, the full well, depth of their analysis is just well, they weren't racist enough for me, and I'm the only voter I understand. So I'm going to use this to explain the entire world. Well, it's like I was saying about the the Chris Kenny stuff. Like, him talking about um, Wentworth and saying, ah, oh, you know, if they're really mad at Malcolm Turnbull for leaving the Liberal Party and, like, you know, for quitting, which he absolutely said he was going to do if he got dumped, and, you know, forcing a by-election. And so, to punish Malcolm Turnbull for that... They voted against the party that he abandoned in massive numbers... Like, there, there is just no logical through line no, to it. Absolutely none whatsoever. And Chris Kenny, for the record, also said that, um, you know, look forward to... Oh, that Daniel Andrews is going to get destroyed. A- yeah. Absolutely destroyed, and even a Shearer's dog um, could uh, could beat him. Um, which, um, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure that that's what's happened. 
Well, did um did either of you guys see the clip from uh, I think he what what's Michael Kroger, the president of the Labor Party, the sorry the Liberal Party, um, on Sky News. No, and he was talking about what went wrong, and so you know he was he was denying he was trying to do the thing of saying like, oh look, obviously the federal Liberal Party stuff played a small part, but here's all these other things, and the stuff that he laid out, I think it was like a um. I think it was a trade union that took it and cut it into, or or the Labor Party themselves took it and cut it into an ad for Labor. Um, and it was him saying, "Oh well, look, you know, I mean, they've they've delivered all this infrastructure stuff, and people really like that when they, you know, they got rid of all these dangerous level crossings. They've invested in all this stuff, and people really like to see a government actually doing things and delivering stuff." They said they were going to do a bunch of things, and then they did it. Um, so that sounds have, like an actual um, bona fide analysis. Was he summarily fired? Um, well, <laughs> people have been very publicly calling for him to resign due to how bad the liberals have been getting smashed. But um, but yeah, like, like but again, there's no there's no reflection on this. There, like, at no point do any of these people actually say like. Hey, maybe that's maybe the reason voters voted for this is because they want this stuff to happen because they're actually in favor of these policies. So, so let's jump over to Andrew Bolt here, who has a blog mm, post please. why a second wipeout is looming for the Liberals. Do any Liberals still doubt after the wipeout in Victoria that Scott Morrison's federal government will get smashed too? Then replay Labor Premier Daniel Andrews' victory speech on Saturday, the part of it that explains exactly why the Liberals are dying. We live our values, we keep our promises, and we get things done, growled Andrews as scores of red-shirted <laughs> volunteers cheered. Slavering rabid beast, Daniel Andrews. Oh, this next sentence is fantastic to me. Could Prime Minister Scott Morrison say one syllable of that with Andrew's mad dog conviction? Uh, the fucking idea of anyone looking at Daniel Andrews and being like, mad dog, is so fucking funny to me. He, like, he literally s- still looks like a 17-year-old class president. Uh, he's yeah, wearing like, like a slightly the- too big, like his dad's blazer. Yeah. Yep. And then all of that was put in the teleporter um, from the fly with like a... A Labrador. <laughs> like, there's there's nothing threatening about his no, face or body, all. like, at all. Um, what values did today's Liberals even have? How many promises have Morrison's Liberals kept? What things have they got done? Again, you're really close to figuring yeah, so this out. So this is like, so far, so good. <laughs> yep. And could Morrison find mobs of party volunteers as committed and excited as Labor's, backed by armies from the unions and oh, get up? Fuck, I hate it when people love a cause so much that they um, somehow trick themselves into um, volunteering for it and helping it happen. Well, and, and again, the, all right, this let's just have a momentary diversion to a, another news story from this week, which was the announcement of like um, three or four... Australian millionaires who were announcing the formation of like a conservative alternative to get up. And this has happened more than once before. Uh, some conservative cause has said, we're going to bankroll the formulation of a conservative alternative to get up. 
And the problem is that it doesn't fucking work. It doesn't fucking work to say, hey, we're going to bankroll this thing and then expect people to just get the message out there. The problem is that things like GetUp, when they go, oh, where do they get all this support from? And the answer is, it's from their members who are actually <laughs> interested in the things that they are championing. Well, look, if you get the message out there that we shouldn't be raising minimum wage, I think people will really be like, really get on board with that it. And like on board and they'll, ta- they'll take it to the streets and say like, hey guys, I really don't think that I should be getting paid more right now. Um, you can really imagine you. one of those rallies, like, um, you know the rallies when they get like all of the unions and nurses and tradies and students and everyone like tens of thousands of people out in the streets of melbourne i'm just picturing one of them but it's all just people going abolish penalty rates abolish penalty rates uh what does andrews go on to say the victorian liberals sure couldn't find these volunteers watching the sky news coverage i saw several liberal mps speaking from halls almost empty of people or bunting no wonder where's the fun of being liberal these days what's the point Of course, Deputy Liberal Leader Josh Frydenberg tried to deny that this Victorian debacle, Labour won at least two seats for every coalition seat, should worry the Morrison government. Scott Morrison and I and other federal colleagues didn't play an active role in this campaign and it was fought on state issues, he said. True, up to a point. Victorian voters basically chose a tough and practical Labour Premier over a Liberal opponent, Matthew Guy, who seemed half his size with half his gravitas. They picked a man with a plan over someone with a few ideas, and they backed a Labour plan to spend $95 billion, 50% more than the Liberals, on infrastructure for a crowded city in a growing state. It's almost like that's the fucking purpose of a government. Hmm. Almost like, like. So still, so far, he's not wrong. No. <laughs> no, like, but, like, I think but we he's, were but discussing he's, it. Like, there's no point in any of this where where he's making, like... Like, obviously, he's he's addressing this as, like, you know, the, oh, the Liberals have massively failed here, but he's not making a fucking case for being a Conservative either. No, and there's no mea culpa in any of this. He's just like, well, you know, oh, I guess this happened because um, Labor was more popular and they were doing better things for the community and they had a plan and they've got all this stuff and it wasn't just fear-mongering. And, but um, there's nothing to make of this. Uh, nothing we should change. All right, so let's see if he's actually going anywhere for this. Leftist commentators say, Aha, this demonstrates that the Victorian Liberals lost because the Canberra Liberals lurched to the right and sacked nice Malcolm Turnbull. But no. that's more bull. No. Yes, Turnbull's sacking in August was unhelpful, but the Victorian Liberals had by then already lost every news poll in five years. Five yep. years! Not once in all that time did Victorians think Guy's mob had the answers... Whether so far, turn- so good. ...whether Turnbull was Prime Minister or not. In fact, the Victorian Liberals were hurt less by losing Turnbull than they were by resembling him. That's the real reason Morrison should be freaking out. Under Guy, the Liberals of Victoria were just like the Federal Liberals under Turnbull and now Mini Mal Morrison... You know, wishy-washy, moderate, stand for little and argue for less. Ask what the Liberals under Guy really stood for. On global warming, for instance, they were just as confused as Morrison is now, even as the Andrews government helped to force the closure of the giant Hazelwood power station and sent power prices soaring. Like Morrison, Guy did not once dare argue against the global warming scare. Instead, like Morrison, he just muttered about the cost of Labour's schemes and then produced half-baked or half-hearted global warming schemes of his own. He 
even promised a half-price rebate for new energy-efficient televisions. Great for the environment, he chirped, and floated a vague scheme to underwrite a new power station that could use gas, wind, or solar, or possibly coal. So, he's just... He's, he's slowly making his way towards the point of, like, you need to be more conservative. Yeah, and it's also like, well, here's all the great things that Labour offers. Um, the Liberals should get voted in by uh, doing the opposite of that. <laughs> just, again, always so close to getting the point. So, so close. They just veer off at the last second, like, all, all right. this stuff, and then, whoop. Just check this out, though. Yes, Guy did campaign on law and order, a conservative this. staple, but his solutions didn't quite seem convincing. And mm. why do the liberals so often sound mean? <laughs> <laughs> Is it because one of their policies was literally a fucking boot camp for teenagers? Look, just because we're putting out policies that promised new, innovative research into the African crime gland doesn't mean <laughs> we're mean. Well, funny you should say that because uh, Andrew says, still, how could Guy make law and order his big issue yet fail in a campaign that coincided with a terrorist attack by a man on bail, the conviction of three terrorists, the arrest of three more suspects, and mass brawls of African gangs? In the end, Andrew seemed more serious on this too and left the Liberals looking exactly what they were, desperate and with little to say on how to make your life easier. Does that also ring a bell in Canberra? So it's like... This is his critique is like, you know, more or less corrected its foundations, being like they didn't offer anything to anyone. What they should have done is been more conservative. Like it's just so fucking insane that they can look at this and just be like, oh, I don't know. It's just these well, people live in a very weird bubble. It's the same thing that that they all keep saying every time, which is. Oh, people are abandoning you because you're not being committed to the base. And the base is hardcore, super right-wing conservatives. You know? And, like, I think... I don't know. I, th- I think, like, they're, they're being abandoned at this point because... Like, surely people used to think of the liberals in their conservative mould as being more like the kind of... I don't know, like a a Reagan Republican kind of thing of like, oh, we kind of want to stay out of your business, but keep taxes lower and help businesses out and that sort of stuff. Um, whereas what what they are at the moment is just a complete inversion of that. It's 100% culture war issues. They care a whole bunch about who you fuck and who you marry and what religion you are and all these things that are just meant to be like none of the business of like traditional small l liberal conservatives that's meant to be all of the like the keep the government out of my business and out of my bedroom kind of shit you know and that's the stuff they're obsessed with and when it comes to do with anything to do with businesses or anything they're just completely bought and sold by corporates in Australia and say oh, we don't need royal commissions into the banks and we should lower the minimum wage and we should get rid of penalty rates. Somehow this will all magically fix the economy. We can't really explain that despite the fact that we've been doing it for two decades now and nobody's wages are going up. But, uh, you know, just keep banging on with it. Just keep going. So, look. 
I know we're uh, I know we're going a little wrong, a little little long here. We are probably going wrong somewhere. Mm. But um, I did want to take a few minutes to talk about another thing from the previous episode, which is that we talked about the campaigning style of the Victorian Labour Party and how it obviously involved like uh, doxing a bunch of Greens staffers and candidates for bad posts from back in the day. We had a long and winding discussion about this and all of the various ways in which uh, that can be bad and sometimes when it's okay and all that sort of stuff. But a broad argument that we were making was that A, complaining to someone's employer about posts is kind of a cop move and B, it's kind of setting a shitty precedent for saying, let's let corporations be society's cops. Um, we got several letters about this and I wanted to kind of, um, I wanted to kind of just chuck these out there because they just all offer different perspectives on this thing that we spoke about. Uh, the first is from friend of the show, Alex Martinez, um, who I think we made mad. He says, sorry, but if someone is posting that people who want to apply for asylum should be shot... I'm perfectly fine with them losing their job and going hungry, regardless if some white moralizers think it's bad form to knock on them. I think we are the white moralizers in this situation. Don't get me wrong, there's a difference between that and posting edgy shit as a teenager, but adults who are prevaricating on, um, on... Through? Uh, who are prevaricating, prevaricating on through to endorsing white supremacy aren't misguided people in a pre-woke period who should get some slack. Someone with the temerity to say shit like that isn't going to be radicalized by someone trying to get them fired if they are already so far entrenched in their views as to think I'm a lesser person with fewer rights because I dared to be born with a darker skin tone than them. They're too far gone and are unlikely to ever change and deserve no quarter. Seeing if the system we currently and for the foreseeable future live under will bite back at the hands who feed it by demanding a boss to prive a racist they hire is no worse practice than using practice than using a cop's gun to shoot someone walking around in an SS uniform armed would be. Um, oh, I actually didn't see this edition. Alex says, in response to the most recent public episode, uh, I've listened to the rest and now I'm less mad online, but I still disagree with some of your old takes. Yeah, the, the, bit, in, the bit in between there was, this, this was posted after, um, after the episode went wrong uploading and there um, Ben very helpfully um, uh, added at the end that said, hey, you know, this is, these, these are the opinions of um, four uh, very privileged white people um, from our kind of ivory tower sort of sort of deal. So, uh, which which I think is the kind of clarification that he's also acknowledging there. Yeah, uh, well, and, and also that we may be wrong about about this and everything else. I think we're certainly on the same wavelength uh, uh, about that. Uh, and like, uh, I think the important thing is that we are talking about degrees here. Like, uh, you know. There's definitely a, a difference between uh, someone being like a sexist fucking... Like making a bunch of... Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know where you would want to draw the line, but definitely it's not like, well, everyone should be able to say anything and there should be no consequences for it in their life. No. There's and definitely I don't, not the position and I don't that would believe want to adopt. Yeah. Personally. Um, but yes, I do absolutely want to reiterate the idea that... Um, that, like, I certainly have no interest in telling uh, any person of colour in the world how to feel about the political climate at this time. 
uh, looking at things that are going on in America and some of the more unsavory stuff that's going on here, um, I, I absolutely understand why anybody would look at that and think, this is a real danger to me. Um, and that's because it is. There's just, there's a lot of really fucked up stuff going on. And there's also a whole lot of, I think, people kind of looking at the things that are taking place, particularly in America, and saying, where, what's going on here? Where is the tipping point into outright fascism? Where is the tipping point into, like, the government just fully weaponizing agencies of the state against ethnic groups and it's kind of already happening so so yeah um i i 100 acknowledge that that conversation was taking place from the perspective of four white people um and i don't really know what it's like to feel um to feel that threat from all that kind of stuff that's going on so we also had a letter from a friend of the show who has written in about several things before, which I have uh, read out because this person works in the government, so I'm not going to get into names and that kind of thing. Um, but, but they said, the chat about whether someone should get fired for their posts on the pod today was very interesting. I've come close at times to anonymously reporting a guy at my work who is an insane anti-vaxxer. He has posts online where he says that anyone involved in the vaccine industry should be executed. I reckon that falls just short of something you should be fired for. It's as though he gets the benefit of the doubt for not saying he would kill them himself. <laughs> yeah, and um and and like we said it is all degrees. It's all it's all very kind of like um I uh, I guess this does kind of bring me back to a point I was attempting to make during the episode which is that when people talk about, like, you know, wanting to inflict violence on someone or uh, hating other people or whatever it is, th like, th it's it's really difficult to determine degrees of things like how serious someone is about that and whether or not somebody intends to act on that or whether or not in the case of like proud boy type groups whether someone has already acted on that and is going to continue to do so um but maybe the point that i was making was that the problem is that when you get into saying ah i'm gonna report someone for this that what we saw and we were talking about last week was all the examples of people having their posts and their expressions of their opinions completely stripped of context and weaponized against them. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, when I'm talking about setting precedents and, and making certain types of reporting of things acceptable. Because, like, it's not fair, but that's how it's going to work out. It's going to work out that, you know, maybe that guy will fi get fired for that. And maybe some leftist, you know, will get fired for saying... Uh, Jeff Bezos needs to get his fucking head cut off by a guillotine. Well, that's, it's funny you bring up that example, Andrew, because, like, I've, um, you know, I am guilty of commenting guillotine on a bunch of stuff, you know, much in a, I, can, I guess, in a parallel way in which um, someone on the far right would, you know, offer um, somebody on the left a helicopter ride, right? Like, um, and I think the problem with, with this is, like you said, that there's no there's no way for well sorry there is a way for employee employers to adequately parse irony, but they they will choose to not do it or choose to go with the with the le less 
risky option. And to which me, is, which is a point that you made when we were talking last week, when you were saying, don't get it twisted and act as though corporations are doing this shit out of the goodness of their absolutely hearts. Absolutely not. This is a risk. This is a risk mitigation exercise, right? Yeah. And the problem, the problem is, and and um, you know, this guy brings up. Um, a good example, right? Because I, I've i almost done this myself, right? Where I used to work with a vehement anti-vaxxer right? and he, he gave me absolute conniptions. But if I'd have melted down and been like, you know, I refuse to work with this guy, I believe his views are actively harmful and blah, blah, blah. Like that that has more of a chance to come back on me than, than this guy. And the issue there is not necessarily with, with the process or with the company, although I, I would you know, say there, there is definitely a deep-seated issue in the way that, that corporations act upon um, and, and judge, judge these cases. But uh, it's just a true, true reflection of the sort of societal um, um, beliefs that um, somehow believing that vaccinations should stop Right is less bad than the arbitrary concept that somehow I'm going to find Jeff Bezos, drag him out onto the street, hold him there for two or three hours while I build a clandestine guillotine, You'd force build his head the into guillotine it. first. Come on, look, I'm not <laughs> yeah, a planner. Don't be dramatic. All right. uh, you just use right, the, the pocket guillotine that you have on you at all <laughs> times. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> Um, but that, 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 that thought, I believe, is probably the, 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 the thought that, you know, we should uh, cause, like, ironic justice on a very small uh, amount of the, of the population who are currently hoovering up, you know, a, a tremendous amount of our, of our wealth and killing, uh, you know, tens of thousands of people in the process is worse than... Um, somebody who's, you know, oh, I, I believe that, you know, the vaccines are, are bad and I'm not going to vaccinate my kids whether or not they get polo or not, right? That, that, those, that those viewpoints are somehow comparable. Yeah, I hate um, it when my kids get polo. And, and, and you know, I don't think you're going you're gonna to touch... Po- Did I say polo? <laughs> God damn. Um, you know, I, I, don't th- I don't think you're going to be able to manage to address the, the corporations as cops thing um, if... If we never address the um, the way that we kind of deal with this with this information in the wild, so I th- I think it's a I don't think it's a fair fight. Basically, is is what I'm saying. I don't I don't think it's fair at all to to things that are objectively true. All right. Well, are you ready for the final and most correct take? Please. Is it? One I'm gonna wait. You? I'm gonna wait. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I am. love. I love uh, I love insisting that my rhetorical uh, rhetorical questions like must be answered before I move on. All right, so this is one we received that I personally think is the the most correct take on this thing. Uh, dear beautiful hosts of the show, mm, it does sound you. correct. Yeah, mm, you so are so, so right. Good night, everybody. That's <laughs> and dear handsome. beautiful dear beautiful hosts of the show. I wanted to weigh in on the discussion regarding the doxing of problematic employees to their bosses. Firstly, I think the framing of the discussion was a little skewed. The left doxing shitty people to their bosses does not set a precedent. The precedent exists already. Using capital, in this case, the business owners and or stakeholders to subjugate laborers is the definitive strategy of the right. Whether we partake in that or not makes absolutely no difference. The right will continue to operate in this way. Their ideology demands it. 
I think the long-term solution to this will end up being stronger trade unions. When trying to suppress bigotry, wielding the authority of employees will only result in strengthening capital. Appealing to the collective power of their peers, however, strengthens the laborers in combating bigotry inside and outside of their ranks. Obviously, this isn't an immediate solution, but I believe planning ahead and doing what we can now to bolster union structures will go a long way in overcoming this crisis. As for now, we need to encourage people who are affected by blatant bigotry in their communities to deal with it as they need to and simultaneously try to educate folks on how robust trade unions can help overcome these issues in the future. From a friend of the show, Sean. Um, I think that's pretty spot on. Absolutely. I think he's right about um, it wouldn't matter whether leftists stop doing it or not. The right is like, uh, and I think particularly when we're talking about, you know, uh, the more extreme right, uh, the alt-right, all that sort of stuff. I think that those groups have shown that they will very gladly engage in any bad faith exercise to, you know, to punish and combat what they see as their ideological enemies. I completely agree. Um, and I also generally agree with the idea that, uh, you know, through strong trade unions, a workplace would be able to eventually, uh, you know, impact their own workplace agreements to say you would be able to specify things through your workplace agreements like, you know, what someone posts on a social media account that is not linked in any overt way to their workplace, they cannot be fired for. Now, like, obviously, you could include exceptions to that, like, you know, uh, homophobia and sexism and transphobia and racism and that sort of shit. Uh, you could include that stuff if you wanted to. You could say, you know, that that kind of shit doesn't, in, doesn't sort of reflect the values of us as an inclusive union. Um, but I do agree that that is probably the best way to combat that as far as the whole corporations as cops narrative goes you want to put the hands back in the power of the employees and not the corporations themselves mm -hmm. so thank you Sean for being more correct than all of us were I feel like big dummies now so as always as we alluded to earlier in the show you can get an extra episode every week for only five US dollars dollars mm -hmm. dollars dollars over on patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. You can uh, get access to our Discord where the hordes of unwashed masses have taken to chanting the words Theo Egg <laughs> over and over and over again to my utter bafflement. Ah, good. So if you want to be part of that, sign right. on. You got any theories about why that might absolutely, be? Absolutely no theories whatsoever, <laughs> but I've seen uh, uh, a vast array of different people uh, say it with, with no context. You scroll up or down. Uh, it's just the words Theo Egg. Theo Egg. Um, so, if, so if you know what Theo Egg is, sign up to our Patreon and leave us a little, um, little comment on the wall uh, what you think Theo Egg is. I just get a very strong suspicion that this is one of those things where if somebody understands it, they are specifically not going to tell you. Yeah, I don't that's think that's the case. I think I'll be told immediately. Mm. I think they want you to know. I think. They hey, you know what? Know. She's not going to pull the football away this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That is where we're going to leave it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience as we dumbly 
work out these issues on air. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Sorry, I was. I got called into the Discord. How much burping do you need to do there, bitch? <laughs> I was saving up on my burps because I thought we'd finished and then um, you were. Here we are. Still recording. Uh, uh, bye from, from me and my disgusting friends. Goodbye. Bye.